What's up? What's up? Hey, I'm Ashley, and I'm Tania, and you're listening to another episode of Hugh. I do the podcast that is giving the vendors an episode that is all for them. Yes, we're so excited. Yes, the first of many. Tonight, well, today, whatever time you're listening to this, we are doing something we've been talking about doing for a long time. And we feel as if, as we're approaching and entering our second full year, going into year three of this podcast, which is crazy to think about, that we want to provide more content that is beneficial to our vendors as well, especially our frienders. We have a significant portion of our listeners and followers are, of course, wedding vendors. And so this episode is for you. Um, not to say that brides-to-be and grooms-to-be and newlyweds shouldn't listen to this episode. I think if you're a business professional or, or an entrepreneur, this episode is just going to be good for you. But this is really targeted towards vendors. And so moving forward, we're going to try to have at least once a month, or if not every other month, to have a podcast episode that is dedicated to vendors specifically, if it's not, you know, more agnostic and not for brighter vendors one way or another. So you are going to enjoy this episode. We have a wonderful guest with us today. So stay tuned. Hey, Hugh Booze. This is your girl, Tania. If you did not already know, I recently got engaged 4321. That's April 3rd, 2021. Your girl's engaged. <laughs> I am in the beginning stages of wedding planning. And to be honest, it has been overwhelming. Yes, being a co-host on Hugh I Do has helped a bit. But I did not know where to start. I did not know what questions to ask my vendors and how to navigate this entire process because it is a process. I was leaning on Ashley a little bit too much and I'm pretty sure she was possibly getting annoyed with me, but you know, she loves me. So I was excited when our good friends over at the Big Wedding Planning Podcast reached out and said, hey, we have a wedding planning digital course and it's everything that you need to plan your own wedding as a wedding planner would do it. As you know, Christy and Michelle are both wedding planners. And when I tell you they have literally walked me through every single process of planning and it's been absolutely amazing. So they have given us a deal for our listeners, $50 off the total price of the course with our promo code you I do. So head on over to the big wedding planning masterclass.com. Again, that is the big wedding planning masterclass.com and type in Hugh I do at checkout for $50 off. I promise you will not be disappointed. We have a very special guest with us today. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hey, everybody. My name is Randy Smith and I am the owner of Sugar Euphoria. Sugar Euphoria is a boutique wedding cake and dessert studio located just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. Very nice. And listeners uh, may remember that Tania shouted you out some uh, 
episodes ago as, yeah. as her vendor that she was shouting out that week. So we're really excited to have you on with us today. Very excited. I was like, wait, is that? I was like, and Ashley was like, yes, Tania, you shouted her out. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Of course, you guys have been on my list for a very long time. So I'm so happy to be here tonight. We're very, very glad to have you. The fact that you're close, Tania and I can hop in the car, make a little trip, try to make some things happen. But we're, again, excited to have you. Today's episode, depending on when you're listening, um, is going to be a little bit different for um, some of our listeners that may be used to more kind of bride-centric, I'll say, or kind of uh, wedding agnostic, not like bride or vendor specific, you know, kind of topics, but today's topic, I'm trying to force myself not to say tonight so badly. Today, we are really, this is an episode mostly for our vendor friends, our frienders to kind of, you know, adjust and think about some things as it relates to, uh, their business or your business. So brides, grooms-to-be, you can listen if you want. Maybe it'll help you, but, you know, just, it's okay if you skip this episode. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, no, we still want you to listen. We still need our well, numbers. I was, well, I was going to say, if you skip it, just go back and listen to another episode. Like, I mean, sure. Or, okay, or do both. Yes, please. Okay. Anyway, so, Randy, um, tell us about Sugar Euphoria. Like, when did you start it? I started Sugar Euphoria back in 2012. I was in grad school in Chapel Hill. All of my friends left me. Everybody moved back to D.C. and Georgia and left little old me in Chapel Hill. And I was bored, to be honest. I said, you know what? I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to binge watch Cake Boss this weekend. And I was like, you know, if these dudes could do it, I could do it too. I've baked my whole life. Can it really be that hard? And it was really that hard. Um, so I, <laughs> I, with the encouragement of, uh, husbands and boyfriend, I decided to take some classes. I rolled up to my local Michaels and signed up for cake decorating classes and quickly realized that they weren't going to teach me what I needed to know to enter the wedding market. So I, um, pooled my money and I took a trip up to Connecticut to learn from this world-renowned cake designer, learned everything from internal structure to, decorating with fondant and then I showed up to a local uh, wedding expo here in Raleigh and with some fake cakes and said hi I'm Randy I own sugar for you I do wedding cakes book me and that was the start of it all wow yeah so you went through some hoops in some valleys <laughs> and <laughs> some mountains and <laughs> listen it was it was a lot but I'm I'm really glad that I took the time to invest in the education on the front end instead of showing up to somebody's wedding and the cake falling over when they go to cut it. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, at the time I was like, I'm just ready to get started, get my name out there. But it was definitely the smart thing to, to invest in myself first. Makes sense. Woo. You kind of threw me off. I'll be honest. When you said 2012, I really thought you were going to be like, you know, I started like three years ago. I don't, I don't, I can't picture you being like really older than like 27 <laughs> years old. So that just kind of threw me for a loop. I'm be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I'm about to be 32 this summer. So yeah, I was okay. about in my mid twenties, probably when I started this and you know, I've, it's always been like, 
for the most part, it's been a side thing. So I felt like I was just blessed to be able to have money to invest in the business and then get it off the ground. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just thinking dessert wise, cause I love a good dessert, uh, anything really. Um, what's your favorite dessert? Cheesecake. With- okay, Ooh, you went to New York. You went Friends to New- already. <laughs> <laughs> I am a cheesecake girl all day long. Like, yes. Cheesecake and any flavor, any flavor combination, carrot cake, red velvet, chocolate, espresso, it doesn't matter. I just want a piece of cheesecake. Okay. Do you, how many, have you, okay. So this is not related to anything we're talking about tonight, but have you had to do like a cheesecake for a wedding? I've never been asked to do an entire like cheesecake for the, the couple to cut, but I have been asked to do cheesecake for the dessert table. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's always fun. They're always like, we don't really like cake. We're like wedding cake. We're cheesecake people. I'm like, okay, cool. But <laughs> cheesecake <laughs> is probably not a whole cheesecake is probably not going to hold up very well when it's time for y'all to cut. It's going to be a little bit too messy get a small cake, let's do cheesecake on the dessert table and call it a day. Yeah. I feel you. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to have my own personal, I mean, I'll share with some people, but I'm going to have my <laughs> personal, <laughs> my personal pan. <laughs> Is it going to be a real cheesecake or are you going to have like a vegan cheesecake mm, or like a dairy free like- cheesecake? I mean, it's probably gonna be the real thing i mean i'm gonna eat it at the end of the night you know when i'm in my room (laughs) so you're not gonna eat it during the wedding probably not i gotta suck in and stuff so i'm lactose intolerant so you know you know you're just gonna thug it out for that but anyway basically i mean (laughs) each time i go to cheesecake factory like i always get a cheesecake but i usually take it home like i only eat like a little bit at the restaurant and then I take it home and then, you know, I do what I do. But I mean, if I find a cheesecake that I really, really like that's vegan, then of course I'll do that too. But I mean, they've just been okay. It doesn't taste like the real thing. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, all right then. <laughs> well, <laughs> we took a little detour, my bad. So. <laughs> Again, um, we are talking mostly about, we're talking business stuff today, but we're talking mostly about like pivoting and slow months because, you know, a lot of these vendors, um, 2020 was, you know, a mess for pretty much everybody, no matter what industry you're in. But um, 2021 has been bananas, but I've noticed even from some of the frienders that we follow where some of them have had like busy months, but then maybe they have like a few weeks here or there where they're not like, they don't have a wedding. Um, So I think 2021 is a busy year, busier definitely than last year, maybe just as busy as 2019 for some, but maybe not as hectic as, others would have imagined. So we want to talk about um, the pivoting during the slow months and whatnot. But before we get to that, we are going to play this or that. So we do this every single week. Um, 
are, of course, this or that uh, questions. You pick between this or that, and you tell us why. And of course, we always start out with our guests. So Randy, you'll go first, then it'll be Tania, then it'll be me, and we start all over again. Um, this, this or that is kind of a like a just a wedding themed this or that you know sometimes we have some that are like more specific to the topic of the episode and some aren't so just kind of wanted to cue that up but to start because you are a wonderful cake designer the first question is red velvet cupcakes or like a cream cheese pound cake-esque cupcake Oh, I'm going with the pound cake as cupcake. Okay. Yeah. I I know this is probably taboo and I should not say this as the cake person, but I don't like red velvet. That okay. I That's don't. Cool. <laughs> and I think it's just because I have ruined many a countertop with red food coloring. And so I'm like if I don't have to do red velvet, I would be happy. Oh, okay. That makes sense. What about you, Tania? Same. Yeah. All of the above. Everything that Randy just said, yeah, the same. I'm a cheesecake girl. Y'all mm-hmm. heard me say this countless times. So definitely I'm gonna go with um the cheesecake pound cake ish isk. Whatever you whatever you yeah, whatever you said. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going with that. Same because I also am not big on red velvet cake. And red velvet cake is really just red chocolate cake. Basically. You know, and I need to limit the amount of caffeine I take in. So, you know. Although there's a I'm lot of people who, like, don't like chocolate cake, but will eat red velvet. And, well, I, and in my mind, I'm like, but you don't like chocolate, but how? Well, you know, know some... The- you know, like some people kind of don't make it as chocolate cake. Yeah. But yeah. they still it call it red velvet. Recipe. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like people who just throw red velvet, red food color in and like a, a yellow cake and call it a day. And then there are some people who their red velvet looks pretty much brown. So <laughs> it just depends. <laughs> but no okay. matter what form, I'm passing on it. Gotcha. Works for us. Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. So would you prefer to have a rehearsal dinner or a rehearsal brunch? Oh, okay. I'm not going to think about this too hard, but I'm going with, I'm going to go with dinner. Okay. Why? Mm -hmm. I'm going with dinner because I am like thinking, you know, we could go heavy on the food so I'm a big savory person I think like brunch is a lot of sweet things like the waffles like the you know bread pudding things like that I do love grits but I'm gonna go with a rehearsal dinner uh stronger drinks outside of like mimosas I'm thinking (laughs) steak I'm thinking like veggies mashed potatoes that's what I'm going with okay Tania I am going to go with the rehearsal brunch, even though that's not going to happen in real life. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) I love brunch food. So, yeah. So I would go with that, you know, you know, in this question, but not in real life, like I said. So, yeah. How about you? Um, 
I I like a brunch, but I kind of like the dinner because it's kind of like the last thing you have to do that day. Whereas like, if you do the rehearsal brunch, I'm trying to think, is the rehearsal the night before or is the rehearsal brunch first? And then you go to like the rehearsal setup and then you have the rest of the day left, you know, like it to me, and I'm the one that came out with this, but to me, it's like, which situation is better to have a rehearsal brunch? And to me that like, I have to process too much. So it probably just makes more sense to just do a dinner. Yeah, I think it would make more sense to do a brunch like if you did a destination wedding because mm. every, it, yeah, because everyone would be there. But, you know, if you have it locally, like mm-hmm. no one wants to really take off time from work. I mean, unless you really want to, unless you got a plethora of PTO. But That is true because that could know. be like a Friday. Exactly. And like the dinner could be just after work. So mm-hmm. if they take any time off, it may just be like a half day or exactly. just a few hours at the end. Instead of, I got to take this whole day off. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like people, they're going to be drinking. They're going to have their mimosas and their bellinis and all the little stuff. And then they're going to be tipsy by the time or sleepy by the time they got to go to the <laughs> rehearsal. Yeah, true. Yeah. And then your planner upset because they're not standing in the place. <laughs> <laughs> or they're not paying attention. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just a mess. It's yeah. a mess all around. Yeah. There's a lot of logistics to think about. I'm with you on that, Ashley. Yeah, it's, it's just not going to work. Okay. What about... All right. So I told y'all, we're all over the place with the questions tonight. Um, if you were having a hometown bachelorette, would you prefer to have a luxury dinner with your friends bridal party wedding party or would you prefer to have a spa day but like a full spa day not just like just massages it's like massages you getting your nails done you're doing a facial you're doing like you are there like a good five six hours i'm gonna go with dinner okay again food i'm i'm big (laughs) on the food Okay. So yeah, yeah. Then that's I mean, you know, that's what we usually do when we celebrate milestones with my friends. I think we'll just carry the tradition on <laughs> and have a big a big luxurious dinner. Okay. All right. Well, Tania, what about you? So I wanna do both, but <laughs> for the purpose of this question, okay. I want to do the spa day just because uh it just feels so good. Treat and my feet. Yes, treat your feet. However, like I need a full body, like for like a straight hour. Well, yeah, treat your feet. It's an hour too. But y'all know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I just want to be pampered or get pampered. And so, but then I would want to eat afterwards because I'm going to be hungry. So, okay. Yeah. But spa. You? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's just do food. I like the idea of a spa, but I'm not, I don't think I'm a big spa person. Like, and maybe it's just because I haven't really done it, but you know, that, that's my. It's that's divine. I hear, I hear. Mm-hmm. Ed's a massage person. Ed got a massage over the weekend. My mom's big on massages too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He like, he's been looking forward to that. Yeah. So. They stretch you out. Like. Oh, anyways, let's move on. (laughs) 
All right. So final question. Would you prefer to, (laughs) I'm trying to think which question do I want to ask? That's why. Would you prefer to have your something borrowed being something from your grandma or like say your grandma's pearl necklace, or would you rather have your something blue be a pair of Manolo Hangisi pumps, you know, them closed toe pumps with the buckle or the like bedazzled kind of thing okay. right by the toe. Mm-hmm. Okay. The shoe that was about. a sex in the city, the movie. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Okay. I'm going to go with something from my grandmother uh, because she is one of my best friends. She's amazing. Oh. And she's actually the person who got me into baking. So it kind of comes full circle here. Plus, she has great taste. <laughs> I like she thinks it. Yeah, she thinks she's a fashionista. She probably so is. She, she she is in her own right. So I'm going <laughs> to take something out of her jewelry box, I think. <laughs> That's cute. I like that. Okay, Tania, what about you? So I think I will also do the same. Um, you know, my grandmother, she was uh, a special lady. She was definitely a special lady. She's no longer here with us. Um, And honestly, I don't even think I have any jewelry from her, but I wish, you know, um, you know, I did. And so if I did, then I would definitely want to go with the something blue from her. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, the something blue wasn't from her, but that's fine. You could do that. It was the something borrowed. Something borrowed. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I just heard blue and I just, I don't know, but yes, yes. Something borrowed from her. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would probably do the same. I'm thinking like the something blue. If the shoes are blue, then that means your colors are probably blue. And my colors aren't blue. <laughs> like That's just how I'm thinking. Or like, to me, those shoes go with a particular wedding look. And I don't know if that's the look I was trying to go for, you know? So, and I think it just means something more to have something from grandma, whether it's Carrie or Thomasine, either or. Um, <laughs> I think having something from them, whether it's pearl necklace or just anything borrowed, um, would be nice. So. I agree. No. Oh. Well, 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 we're going to get into these questions. Uh, like I said earlier, we're talking about pivoting. Um, when things are a little bit slow and this is really just kind of like stuff you need to do about like, you know, using your downtime wisely, basically. So it may be, I mean, Randy has a lot of advice. She's going to give us a lot of good gems as we like to say. Um, and we have a few questions that maybe, you know, you take some notes and it can help you. And we're thinking, you know, this is kind of our foray into like trying to give y'all vendors some good vendor related content um, since we have a significant vendor following. So with that being said, to kick it off. So we know, you know, 2020 was a mess and it was a slow period for a lot of uh, wedding vendors. Um, so with that being said, what did you do in terms of like, what type of work did you do on sugar euphoria during that time? 
Yes, 2020 was a dumpster fire in so many ways. Um, <laughs> but I really took the time when I wasn't doing like elopements or the weddings that stayed on the books. I took a lot of time to get comfortable with my numbers. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, knowing your numbers is super scary. You never want to feel like that you're not running a profitable business. You're just having an expensive hobby that's like sucking all your time. So people tend to shy away from their numbers. They tend to shy away from taxes. And so I did the opposite of that. I was one of those people before. Um, I never looked at my numbers until it was tax time. And my husband was looking at me like, girl, did you do anything? Why, why are we not making more money with all the time that you're spending? So I took 2020 as an opportunity to get into QuickBooks and go transaction by transaction and figure out where I was profitable, where I was losing money and figuring out what I could do to um, be more in the black and have a nice little cushy profit account. So that's the main thing I did in 2020 uh, was getting to know my numbers. And then in that period of downtime, I also took a look at some of my marketing channels and figured out whether it was worth it to pay you to be in a, to advertise in a local magazine or with one of the popular blogs, or do I just need to put a lot of effort into Instagram because it seems like a lot of my couples are finding me through Instagram. So that was another thing that I did was just trying to be a little bit more strategic about where I was putting my money and my time in terms of marketing. Um, and then the other thing that was kind of unsexy, but very helpful was that I hired somebody to go through my SEO with me. And we really spent a lot of time boosting my SEO to get some more organic traffic from couples that may not spend a lot of time on Pinterest or Instagram, but are just like Googling Raleigh wedding cakes, best cakes in Raleigh or something like that. And I found that that was a great referral source and money well spent. Good idea. So I, outside of this podcast, I have a marketing background. So I just love the fact that you invested in your SEO because that is so, so important. Um, I think a lot of times people assume that a lot of, uh, like a lot of the marketing elements are very kind of like you do this and you have this instant return. And it's like, not all the time, like a lot of, especially SEO wise, unless you're going to like invest in the paid ads and whatnot, a lot of it will happen overnight. Not overnight, but it happens over time. Like you have to, you know, get the keywords in, change your headers, like making sure, you know, something's a H1 versus a H2 or whatever, like having the right terms and all that. And then eventually you'll start to see the the, the organic channels and the organic traffic, I mean, coming to your page, but that is if you have it set up appropriately. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you did that. And I'm glad that worked out for you. <laughs> it did. And you know what, before 2020, you would have said those things. And I've been like, I have no clue what you're talking about. I think my site is optimized, but I don't know. And yes, but in 2020 going in changing, like, tags and and the words behind the pictures all that stuff that I as a quote-unquote creative wouldn't think to do mm -hmm. has really really helped and I mean 2020 honestly was one of my most profitable years to date because I've just been able to to put some time in and not so much focus on all of the weddings that were canceled or rescheduled but try to figure out how can I get 
new clients through the doors and new deposits, retainers. Very nice. Um, With everything that you did, was there anything that you realized that didn't work? Oh, yes. Yes. So one thing that I decided to do was to offer pre-designed or signature line of cakes to say, hey, you're having an elopement or you're celebrating a birthday. Just pick a cake that I designed already and we'll create it for you. Pick a flavor. That's it. We don't have to have a lot of discussion. But the thing that I did was I priced it probably a little bit too low and it ended up becoming just a money drain when I first launched it. So I was churning out all these small cakes and I was still looking like, oh, I have events every weekend, but they weren't as profitable as I needed them to be. Um, And so I kind of just found myself right back to square one. Um, So I had to sit down again, pull out my handy dandy spreadsheet and write out my ingredients time spent and like alter the price point of these cakes. And then once I did that, it was a whole lot better. But starting out, I was just trying to get some income in the account. I was just throwing stuff out, hoping it would stick. And people, of course, were jumping on it because they're like, oh, I can get a sugar euphoria cake for this low price point. And that that was not the business. (laughs) Well, at least you found out early and not later. (laughs) Yeah, before it was too, you know, like you're like months deep into this and it's like, this is not worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's not worth it. I was going back to like 2014 pricing. I was like, oh no, I can't. I can't do this. I've come too far to do this. Right? Mm -mm. The price has gone up for a reason, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I have a question kind of based off your last two comments that isn't in our line of questions, but uh, what kind of metrics were, like, do you use this kind of like your, whether it's like digital metrics or like even just like, customers what have you like what are kind of your metrics that you use to kind of gauge what success looks like yep so i use dubsado for my uh client relations client management software and so they have a nice feature that tells you like what your income should be like what you want your cash flow to be and how far off you are from achieving that for any given period of time so it's right there pretty much flashing in your face when you log into it. So that's a good indicator for me if it's in the negative that I need to go out there and um, pound the digital pavement and try to drum up some more business. But I typically look at how many inquiries I get in a given month and how many of those I've converted into clients. So for me, I, for the most part, probably close about maybe like 80% of the inquiries that I have. So that's a good month for me. And we're booking into 2020, 2023. So mm-hmm. being able to convert those are, are really good, but it was not looking good. Um, in 2020, I mean, it just, people were afraid, people were afraid to spend money in 2020. They knew they were getting married. They didn't know when they didn't want to commit to anything. So that was scary for them and scary for me as a vendor, but, um, just having that right there in my face was, was really helpful. Um, and then I have, uh, outside of Dosado, I just keep a million spreadsheets, like, you know, how many weddings do I have on a given week? When am I booked out for a weekend? Um, what am I for the different price points between like wedding cakes, signature cakes, dessert bars, rentals, like how much money am I bringing in for each of those categories and see how close I can get to hit my mark. 
Um, and then another thing at the end of 2019, I invested in a mentorship program uh, with Candace Coppola, who was a uh, pretty much world-renowned wedding planner and she's gone into helping other entrepreneurs and she makes us set like huge money goals every quarter like scary money I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna make this with wedding cake but you know I've been getting pretty close I haven't reached that point yet with those big numbers that she asked me close so that's always a good um, indicator on how I'm doing I'm glad you and you will make that number you're, you're you're you said you're getting close and so i feel like it, it's gonna happen this year for you it, it's coming soon it's coming well thank uh, you i'm gonna receive that you're welcome <laughs> yes yes okay so um outside of like your business and what you did um what wedding pivots did you notice whether it was like from uh kind of like your wedding community in raleigh or just like maybe some folks you noticed online um, what pivots did you see last year? So with all of the restrictions that we had in North Carolina, and we had a lot of restrictions, they were not playing around. Um, and for my full-time job, I actually worked for the Department of Health and Human Services. So I was like, oh, we're not, we're not really having weddings anytime soon. Um, but with all of the restrictions, I just noticed our community kind of get together and you notice like little uh, micro packages pop up here and there within different like communities or I guess clicks for lack of a better word. But there are a lot of people getting together to offer packages for elopements and micro weddings um, and smaller gatherings. And so for some people that was really successful, there's a company here that had been doing this for years and years. Um, and I was lucky enough to partner with them when they first started this a few years ago. Um, so they kind of had the market cornered on that, but I did see a lot of people pivoting into these little groups to to try to drum up some business and for some people you know they didn't get a single inquiry for their packages and other people did um, really good business but that was one of the things that I witnessed and then I had a lot of friends that transitioned into product-based businesses instead of just solely relying on wedding planning or photography so a lot of my friends started doing candle making or like soap making and things like that which you know, in hindsight was really good because then they kind of were able to sell to other companies for like welcome bags and gift bags and stuff like that for couples and um, out of town guests. So I thought that was really smart. That makes a lot of sense. And I feel like soaps and candles are so big right now that that could be just an easy, just gift to hand out. But kind of going back to what you said about some of the pivots work for some and some didn't. I, uh, the same kind of happened down here. Of course. Well, I guess everywhere. Right. But so we're in Atlanta, of course, and I got married last year, but I had to push the, the big to do of it all till this year. And so we lost our venue, uh, a casu casualty of, you know, the pandemic. And so when we found the new venue, they actually offered like an elopement package last year. And I think they had teamed up with a few vendors, like, you know, you one-stop shop, flowers, bar, food, this, that, and the other, whatever, like maybe photographer or DJ or something like that. And when I was going through the tour, I was like, oh yeah, I noticed, you know, like y'all uh, had that package last year or whatever. Um, you know, we thought about it, but we ultimately just, you know, got married at the house. And she was like, yeah, oh, um, okay, you noticed that. That's cool. Nobody like not one person uh, booked one of the elopement packages. And I was thinking like, dang, 
I, like a part of me wish I knew that maybe I could have, you know, finesse something or I don't know, but like, or, you know, that could have been like, we could have maybe found a way to capitalize off that more. I don't know, but I guess, yeah, it just kind of went towards everybody being so afraid of just what was to come because there was so, so much uncertainty last year. There's still a lot of uncertainty, but I think it's, we're finally getting a little better. Um, but anyway, going to the next question. So like for vendors that don't provide kind of like a tangible service to their clients, how would you have suggested they pivot? Yeah. So I think wedding vendors have, for the most part, I think we have large, uh, like having a large community on our side when it's time to pivot, whether it's, you know, whether it was in 2020 with the pandemic or just in the slow months, because we know that there are slow wedding months, no matter where you live. Um, and I think for people, they should look at the skill set that they already have when it comes to weddings and see how they can expound that. Um, maybe that's in like, you know, other celebrations like birthdays, families, branding, if you're a photographer um, or if you're like a stylist, that's a good industry to get into, especially now with people having to pivot from their regular jobs and getting all these side hustles. I think it's really smart to kind of tap into the branding side of of business and marketing. I have friends who, you know, they write amazing blog posts for their own SEO for their weddings. And so they could outsource copywriting for other wedding professionals. Because me, I pay somebody to do that. I, I, I hate writing blog posts, but I have somebody who writes my blog posts, somebody who helps me with my social media captions. So I think that's a skill set to tap into. And then there are other people who just are creative and can paint, can make soap, can, you know, make body scrub. And people are always looking for something like that for gifting or pampering yourself or like for the spa day before the wedding. So that, those would be my suggestions for folks to kind of tap into the skills that they already use in their wedding industry to make it or wedding business to make it an easy pivot. Well, those were great uh, ideas. How much kind of shifting a little bit? So how much time in an average week do you dedicate to the business side of sugar euphoria? Ooh, this was a good question. And it got my wheels turning. Um, I probably spend maybe on average about 10 hours a week on the business side. And those numbers kind of fluctuate depending on the workload I have with actually creating the cake. Mm -hmm. It's time to pay taxes and I got to bust out the calculator and do all that math. Then I'm at my computer for a lot longer. Um, and most of it, though, is spent on uh, responding to emails, creating proposals, and then like sketching. So kind of doing some of that back end stuff before I'm actually in the kitchen making the cake. So, yeah, I would say about 10 hours on like the business administrative side. And then I couldn't even tell you how many hours baking on top of a full time job. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, oh, I wonder how much time she bakes. Like, are you in the kitchen every single day? Or pretty much. Wow. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. Pretty much in the in the studio every day doing something, whether it's like prepping frosting for the week, because I could do that ahead, or then it gets closer to the wedding. So now it's time to bake, it's time to assemble. And some cakes are easy, like semi-naked cakes are so easy to do. It probably take me 20 minutes to decorate them as opposed to some of these more elaborate cakes where I'm like, I just spent eight hours like piping on this what? cake and my wrist is on fire. But yeah, so a lot of sleepless nights and sometimes depending on the design, you have just a small window to execute it. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be up all night. 
it's fine. It's cool. Wow. Oh, Hopefully you God. ice your wrists and everything at the end of the night. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I have a, a wrist brace, an arm brace, a, okay. all sorts of different sizes because yeah, between making whisking up frosting, the just the motions of ice in a cake and then having to pipe on the side of a cake, it could be a lot on your wrist. Yeah. That repetitive mm. motion. Oh, Yes. You said eight hours. I'm like, oh, oh, you better be getting paid for that. Pay. Oh, yes, ma'am. I'm looking at one coming up on July at the end of the month. And I'm like, I cannot take another cake because this is going to take up all of my time. So that's another thing is like not being reactive and being like, oh, just I need to, you know, pump up this bank account. Let me take a step back and weigh out. Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. to stay up all night to take on another cake yeah. or do yeah. I just want to focus on this one task at hand because the last thing I want to do is take on too many cakes and then the quality suffer and then everybody's talking about me right <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no I I have gotten better about boundaries and limits with having a full-time job having three kids age five and under and doing wedding cake so yeah Wow. Oh my gosh. You're a superwoman. But <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, so you said you have a full-time job outside of baking? Mm-hmm. So you essentially have four full-time jobs. Pretty much. Because you're a wife and a mom. And oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wow. it's uh yeah, being able to carve out time has been a skill set that I've had to learn. But I'm fortunate enough that my job is something that I've done for years. They know I've done wedding cakes. I've done most of my coworkers' wedding cakes, so they don't they don't stress about. They it don't care. Yeah, they yeah okay. yeah. But I'm like, I'm taking PTO from Thursday to Friday because I have to work on a cake. They're like, all right, cool, <laughs> no well, problem. Nice. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, how can vendors use social media to drive brand awareness? Oh consistency is key and I know we probably hear everybody say that like how to beat the algorithm how to drum up more business but I've just found that the more consistent you are with posting and interacting that you know the more Instagram will promote you the more business you can drum up so I definitely think um, having enough content um, and being able to post consistently is going to be one of the biggest things that you can do for your business on social media. And then also just being able to make connections with other people that you see on social media. And this doesn't look like jumping in their DMs, being like, hey, can you do this for me? Or I want to collaborate. Can you, you know, can we have some type of transaction without building a relationship? But you can build quality vendor relationships through just having organic conversations on social media. And that's been one of the biggest driving forces behind Sugar Euphoria because I'll I'll talk to everybody. It doesn't matter what your following is. If you do good work and I it like it speaks to me, then I'm gonna compliment you. And I've gotten some friends across the world from doing that. It's definitely been helpful getting the opportunity to work with some of the biggest wedding planners and designers across the world just because I've been commenting on their stuff and they see my work being posted consistently. So very yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. True relationships over like worrying about your follower count, when you're going to get the swipe up feature, how many people liked it, just go there and be social because that's what it's for. That's true. That's very true. So last year, not only did we deal with the pandemic, but, 
you know, we had the racial awakening after George Floyd's uh, death was all over everything. So did you see an uptick in, <laughs> well, I know the answer, but tell us about the <laughs> uptick in engagement you saw and if uh, any of that converted over to like sales or um, new clients. Oh, yeah. You know the answer to that. Everybody was... <laughs> <laughs> yes, we want to amplify Black voices, melanated voices. And yes. here are some uh, Black cake designers to follow. And so I definitely got followers from that. Um, the wedding industry definitely went through a reckoning. Uh, it was, as y'all, y'all were probably there. A lot of oh, these yeah. town halls and forums were, were hard to watch. People were being uh, called out left, right, and center. So mm-hmm. um, it definitely increased my follower count. It definitely increased, I think, my brand awareness with um, planners and companies that probably would not have found me if you know they weren't going through this whole posting. Um, Black creatives, wedding vendors. But in terms of that translating into clients, I would say I, wouldn't, I didn't really see that from the awakening that happened this summer. I do have a few local people that have um, reached out to me about working with their clients because their clients have been the ones saying, hey, we're a white couple, but it's really important to us that our vendors are diverse. So I've gotten a lot of clients that I probably would not have because they're now, you know, being a little bit more cognizant of, of the people that they're choosing that they want in their circles. That was nice to see and a little bit unexpected because I didn't think it was going to come from the couple's. Um, And then there are vendors who, you know, in our community were like, oh, they only reach out to us when their clients are Black. Like, we never get inquiries from them unless Mm -hmm. they have a Black client. And then they're like, oh, now we got to bring the Black vendors out because we are about diversity. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's on our website. It's in our, like, our uh, mission, vision, and purpose. And for some of them, that hasn't really changed. They still reach out when they have Black clients. Um, But for some of them, they're actually, like, taken this task seriously and have um, diversified their uh, whether it's like their preferred vendor list stuff like that so mm-hmm. in our local community there are people who are, are really trying we have in some of our professional meetings we've been calling people out like you you know you cannot say that you want black clients or asian clients and nobody on your website is of color and nobody on your IG is of color. And some of you tried, you had one style shoot and then you had a mixed girl um, and a white yes. guy. Yes. Oh my gosh. And, yes. And, and now we're so diverse. That's not going <laughs> to cut it. That's not going to do it. Um, and I love these models, but we can't keep using the same models every time. Every single time. It's not going to work. Like I need somebody with locks. I need somebody with natural hair. I this you know long curly sandy blonde hair uh, it's not gonna work all the time so we've yeah yeah they've they've <laughs> been on notice um Good. and the, some are trying to do better but some of them have just gone back to their old ways and some of their instagram accounts are still completely white you know there's a black square back in july yes then, of last year and, and literally that was it, that's it. yeah <laughs> uh, i mean I, by the people who want to do better, but I realize that we still have a long way to go, especially being down here in the South. I mean, I'm sure everywhere, especially down here. Oh, for sure. It's always interesting to me when we receive pitches for like people that want to come on the podcast. 
and the majority of them are like did you even like look at our page one i have no idea what we would even discuss like in all honesty but then two i i do the same thing i'm like let me go to your website let me you know like let me go to your site let me see let me go to your ig let me go to your feeds I don't see anyone that looks like our listeners. So, okay. Thank you. No, thank you. Like, this is just not going to work out. And it'd be one thing if, you know, you're honest and you're just like, I'm trying to branch out or I am attempting to do this now, you know, because of last year, because of whatever. Now this is the thing I'm trying to aim for. But it's usually just kind of like, hey, you know, we're a vendor in this place. We do this one thing that's really not that like novel. It's like, oh, okay, you provide, you're a wedding vendor that does this thing that other wedding vendors in your same, you know, category do as well. But the pri- your primary audience is mostly white, you know, or like if there is a black person, it's usually like a black guy that married a white woman and that's it and i'm just like that's not enough (laughs) that's not enough and we have to be we have a certain you know we have to be true to our followers and our listeners and whatnot and that would be a little like oh so y'all just let anybody up (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i know this is like a buzzword but there does have we do have to have some sort of gatekeeping going on Like this is, you're not going to just come in here and try to take advantage of this racial awareness campaign that we have going on to line your pockets. Now you gotta, you gotta have some skin in the game here. And too many of y'all don't have any. For sure. And it's, it's more than just like a quick drive by post on your page in the black square. Like, you know, to me, the lazy one of last year was tag your favorite whatever and i'm like okay this is what you're using to create content for but you don't want to do the work you don't want to do the lift it's easy to find black wedding vendors on your own but you're going to put it on everybody else and get this good old user content you know user generated content and uh yeah and then you get the pat on the back because you're the you know the big brand or the big name or you know child this whole situation, even though it's not related, it kind of reminds me of the whole TikTok with Meg. Well, yeah. well, yeah, that. But then also, like how all like the black creators are like, "Nah, we're not going to make up a dance to this song because we know that y'all, you know, take our dances and you push all the money towards them. You, you know, like you highlight mm-hmm. the other people, you know, and they have a million followers. Meanwhile, we're the ones who are making up the dances and making y'all money. Like, so, the, like the girl a few years ago that came up with the K-Camp song, you know, the dance to lottery, oh, yeah. the K-Camp. Yeah. And then, but like yeah. all of the other people were doing the dance and it, it took a while for people to actually be like, uh, this is the girl that created that dance. Like exactly. y'all need to have her. And she got a little bit of shine afterwards. But, but the thing about the Meg stuff just tripped me out because it literally says in the song, hands on your knees. And everybody yeah, and is I don't just know like, where I don't know where yeah. that's <laughs> about to raise the roof. What's happening? Yes. I'm like, listen to the song. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. But I love it. 
I love all of it. It is the best thing. (laughs) Folks need to be put on blast, though. Like, last year, I think, was enough was enough. And moving forward into anything beyond it, now you're being held accountable. So you can't half-step anymore because you've now put yourself out there. If you didn't put yourself out there, nobody would have, you know, we we just would have made that mental note and kept it moving. But now nah, you, you put the black box out there now. So you can't archive that black box because we already saw it. Some folks took a screenshot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't go back. Yep. And I noticed some <laughs> big brands, big blogs, like, oh, we never saw a black couple on here. You never featured a black wedding. You didn't even feature style shoots featuring a a black couple Mm -hmm. and some of them have gotten better some of them i still see nothing and some of these professional conferences have been you know taken to task so i'm gonna attend some this year and see if they're they're walking the walk so good luck there i know (sighs) i know we gonna see yeah Mm. Mm. well all right final question i feel like we could go on and on for a, a longer time, but um, we're going to wrap it up. So what advice would you give to another like wedding professional? Um, maybe one that's like just getting started or, you know, has maybe it was more of a hobby, but, or like a, you know, kind of a side hustle, but now they're trying to invest more time into it. Um, what advice would you give them um, if they're trying to make the most out of those like slower periods? Mm-hmm. I would suggest that everybody, whether they're starting out or been in business, but especially people who are starting out to spend some time figuring out how much money they need to make on each project, each product in order to be profitable um, and in order to put money aside for those slower months. So they definitely need to figure out, you know, if I'm making a cake, how much do I need to charge based on my ingredients, my supplies, the time that I spend creating this and having a profit so that I could, you know, have money for if my, you know, my oven goes out, my sink gets clogged, we go into another lockdown and you, you know, you don't have to fold your business. So if you start off strong at a price point, that's going to make you profitable and have you comfortable. That's the best thing that you can do for yourself, because it is really hard to get in the game, being the cheap person, the cheap cake baker, the cheap photographer, and then quickly start down the road of being burnt out and wanting to raise your prices. You've already built that reputation as the cheap person. It's going to be a lot harder to convince people of your value, especially if you don't change anything as to why now your prices are a lot higher. So, you know, get out the gates profitable as you can. And so that, you know, everybody's business is, is different and you, you can do some competitive analysis, see what other people are charging, but ultimately you got to do what's best for yourself, your family, uh, and your bank account. Yes, I'm definitely seeing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, the prices are going up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like those prices that Ashley was telling me, oh, they're roughly around this price. They, yeah, they're no longer there. No longer there. And some but, of the services they're providing are now an e- like an extra fee. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, but I get it. You know, like this is their bread and butter. They have yeah. to eat just as much as I have to eat. So I get it, but child my pockets they like oh why didn't you propose two years ago (laughs) 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 nah but yeah (laughs) oh 
yeah, they're up there. They're up there. And in the wedding, on the vendor side, there's a lot of talks, a lot of education out there, a lot of chat in the Facebook groups, like raise your prices because we can't afford to live like this. (laughs) 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 We can't afford to live like this. The price of butter and milk and egg whites have skyrocketed. Like we can't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when there was like a shortage um, on eggs, like not too long ago. And Mm -hmm. yeah, the prices went up. (laughs) And like some of these big CPG brands, like I think Kimberly Clark and I want to say P&G this month are is they're calling it shrinkflation, where they're now increasing the price of some of their standard products, but there's less in there. So for some like there might be a particular ice cream brand where before maybe you got like a pint. Now you're getting like 12 ounces, but you're spending more for the 12 ounces than you were before for the pint diaper, the price of diapers going up, uh, like feminine pads, you know, like just general products, stuff like that. But you're also now starting to get less of it just because the pandemic was just so weird for a lot of these brands where, you know, Q1, Q2 of last year, people were buying everything they could. And then everybody just was in the house. And it's like, well, you don't need the Mucinex anymore. You don't need the, you know, you got plenty of toilet paper to last you several months. You don't need to do, you don't need to buy that. So Q3, Q4 in the beginning of this year was looking a little rough for some of these folks. So they're like, ooh, we need to make that money, take the prices up and give you a little bit less. So you buy it more. So I mean, I get the concept, are. but then our prices need to go up. I work, you know, um, <laughs> uh, what you call it? my pay needs to go up. Then well. <laughs> <laughs> My salary needs to go up. <laughs> Everything. I so. know. And, and like for us, like I can't be like, Dang y'all, it's two weeks before your wedding and the cost of egg whites is now double. Now I gotta charge you my money. I can't go back to my clients and be like, butter's more expensive, so I need an extra forty dollars from you. I can't be <laughs> in the front end and have this like margin right. so that that does happen because it happens very often with dairy pandemic or not. So that's just something that people really need to consider. You know, I have photographers like Oh, they're not making this particular film anymore. Or I can't get mm-hmm. my things processed. I can't get my camera fixed. And my florist friends are like, there's yes. no, story. there are no flowers. The station is like the paper goods. It's just taking so much longer. So yeah, you have to start thinking like a business person and like some of these big brands when you think about your profit, because it's, it's not looking good still. And we're, we're doing more. We have more weddings. But people haven't caught on like the prices need to go up too. We're just we're stretched really thin with old pricing. And I think that needs to change for people. It It makes a lot of sense, child. But don't have to like it, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, Randy, thank you for that. We will now transition to the vendor love. So So Randy, who would you like to shout out this week? so many friends um okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give love to my cake folks i'm gonna start off with my cake people 
So I want to shout out Commonwealth Cake Company in Virginia. I absolutely love Tiffany. Um, She is another Black woman doing her thing. She's a mom of multiple kids. Um, She's a wife and she's just killing the game up there in Virginia. So I want to shout her out. And I also want to shout out the Boutique Cake in Nassau, Bahamas. Because that's where I'm from. I'm from the Bahamas. So I'm like, yes. Yes. I see you, Valanda, doing your thing down in Nassau, which is not an easy market at all. So I just want to give her some love. Very nice. Yes. Okay. Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? Oh, is it my turn? (laughs) 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 Can't stand you. (laughs) I am shouting out a New Orleans uh, event producer and designer. The brand name is Chocolate Bunny Events. Bunny, I-E, not with a Y. But if you're looking for someone that is going to help plan your event, create your event, design your event, hit up Chocolate Bunny. (laughs) Uh, I love the name. It's very like, it's not what I would think when I think of weddings. So that's another reason why I kind of like it because it stands out. But basically, you can go to the Chocolate Bunny events website to read testimonials, to learn more about services um, and kind of the approach of event planning and wedding planning and design. So that is my shout out for this week, Chocolate Bunny. Very nice. What about you? Who are you shouting out? Yeah, so this week I'm shouting out a fellow nurse Uh, She's actually a nurse anesthetist Hmm. who owns her own ice cream food truck. Um, She, yes, her name is Taylor, Taylor Walker, by the way. Hmm. I wanted to shout her out. Uh, She does events around Atlanta. I don't think she's done a wedding now, but, you know, there's lots of people who they have started to think outside the box. Um, And so I wanted to definitely shout her out. Um, Her company is called Cereal and Cream. You can find her on IG um, or you can find her at www.serialncream and that's in the letter N cream.com. So yeah, um, I love her menu. I don't know if it's changed, but she's named like all of the ice creams or, or like the toppings off of places in Atlanta. So she has East Atlanta. She has South side. She has the North side, which is where we from. Um, she has Buckhead, Midtown, Downtown and West side. Okay. I, I don't know why I said West side like that. Yeah, I thought about that. West I was like, side. West side. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to call you out afterwards, but that's fine. But yeah, so yeah, Taylor from Cereal and Cream. Okay, I like that too. That's cute. That's yeah. cute. You know, us nurses have to stick together. Okay, y'all. <laughs> I kind of have an unsolicited advice for this week. Can okay. you add it in? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead with your little unsolicited advice. <laughs> anyway, doing unsolicited advice this week is something that I do from time to time where I give advice to people that didn't ask for it because that happens a lot when you get engaged. So my advice this week, sticking with the theme of us talking about and talking to vendors, I'm going to give you a little nugget that a vendor did that I just thought was so cool. But when you're putting together, say like your proposal or, you know, your quotes, 
of your packages to send over to clients, it would be a good idea for it. it, It's just, it's a nice added touch when you can take something that you know they like and make the packages custom to them. So the example I'm thinking of was the videographer I had originally booked. Many of y'all know I lost my original wedding venue as a casualty to COVID. So we lost some vendors in that process as well. But originally I had this one vendor or videographer. And when he put together the package, uh, like the four different packages, videography packages for me, he named them all Falcons themed. Like all of the different packages were some tied to like Falcons stuff. So one I think was like red and black. One was called the dirty bird. One was called rise up. I can't remember what the other one was called, but I was like, Oh, that's so cute. Like, Oh my gosh. I forgot how, I don't remember if that was like a question he initially asked and kind of like his, uh, you know, like, um, intake info or whatever, you know, just kind of like general, uh, client questionnaire stuff or, you know, prospect questionnaire stuff. But I just thought that extra kind of personalized touch made me kind of think of him in a different light from some of the other videographers that we were considering at the time. So if you could find ways to personalize the experience for, for your prospects, um, your potential couples, clients, what have you, I think that could go a long way. And it doesn't have to be something like that. You don't necessarily have to like, you know, name different packages every time, but maybe you have a custom something or some sort of presentation that makes it seem like they are the only couple or that bride is the only bride or the groom's the only groom. So, you know, just making folks feel special as they're engaged. That's all, that's all we want. We feel like all this attention should be on us. <laughs> indeservedly so but you know it's nice when you get that extra pat on the back as you're you know trying to figure out your vendors and your all the deets and stuff so that's my advice I might have given it before I don't know if I have but if so we've been Uh, doing this so long first time that I've heard of it but you know what there's sometimes where I just tune out (laughs) she does I'm I'm so glad you were honest with that because I'm be real with you. There are so many times where Tania discovers stuff that I'm like, yeah, I've already told you that. <laughs> but I try not to like over dramatize that. Like, yeah, I've already told you that because I know you're busy. You got a whole bunch going on. But sometimes I'll be like, we literally just talked about this. Well, thank you. Even though. <laughs> You always call me out, but... I be trying to be nice about it. I try not to call you out as much. Thank you for that 2%. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So before we let you go, where can people find you if they want to follow you, learn more, or inquire? Yes. So you can find me pretty much everywhere at Sugar Euphoria. So that's Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, not quite TikTok yet. I'm there, but I, I haven't gotten the hang of that yet. One day I will, though. I'll, I'll figure out how to do that. Um, and then you can inquire at sugaryuphoria.com. Um, so there's a big old button over there that says contact me. 
and we can get started talking about your wedding cake or your style shoot or your editorial, any of that, that sort of fun, creative stuff. Awesome. Well, one final question for you. How'd you come up, come up with the name? So <laughs> it took me a very long time um, to come up with the name. And I wanted to evoke this sense of like being on a high mm. my desserts. But I was like, maybe that's a little bit insensitive to be like, you know, related to drugs in a way. Don't <laughs> people's journey. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I should stay away from that. And so I was just like, what's another word that gives you that feeling? And I was like, euphoria, that's a good one. And people uh, have a hard time spelling it or finding it. But now that the HBO show has come Mm -hmm. out, like Zendaya's show, Euphoria. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's it. That's how I came up with it. I had some really trash names before this, though. It was uh, really bad. (laughs) Well, it's definitely catchy. So I like it too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Very nice. Well, so Ashley, where can people find us? Different, different strokes, different folks. Uh, so <laughs> you can find us on qidu.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn. And if you want to locate Ashley, you can find her on Instagram and Twitter at Demitosh. Um, however, you will need to uh, request her on Twitter because she has locked that thing up. Um, but you can follow her on Instagram. And then also you can find follow me on Instagram at Belsori. And thank you for the follows, y'all. My, my little follow game is going up. It's going up. <laughs> but your ratio. Remember when somebody told you about your ratio? You're like follower to followy ratio. Oh yeah. I mean it's higher than um my followers, but I like to follow people. Like I find people, you know, every now and then and I was just like, hmm, I like their page. Follow. <laughs> follow. 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 So eh. It is what it is. I mean, I've gone through and erased a lot of people, but or unfollowed a lot of people. But one day, one day I'll be popping. But I'm sure you will. Right now, it's okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Again. Yes, thank yeah. you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to do this. This was this is wonderful, and I'm pretty sure Olivia and the girls at Pivot are about to be blowing y'all up now. <laughs> Perfect. Good. Good. Bring us more. Yeah. Bring us more. I love it. So thank y'all. Cool. Well, if you made it this far, we would love to get some extra Apple reviews and whatnot. So please do that. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> you have a good one. Bye. 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 Bye.